best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, a podcast for introverts by an introvert. That's me, yours truly. My name is Chelsea Brown and I am going to be your host today and on all future episodes and all past episodes. So there's that. (laughs) I'm feeling much better than I was last week. I know I did kind of a different episode and really just talked about what I was going through, but I am doing much better. And we're going to be jumping into the topic that I actually had planned for last week, and that is talking about narcissists. A disclaimer that probably doesn't need to be made, but I'm going to make it anyway. I am not an expert in mental health. I am not a doctor. I do not have any medical degree whatsoever, obviously. (laughs) I am barely an expert in my actual job. But this is something I wanted to talk about because I think sometimes it's helpful to hear it from an outside source. Like maybe you're in a relationship or you have a friendship or maybe a parent or a relative and you're like, is this person a narcissist or are they just a jerk? You know? So we're going to talk about that today. And this is a little personal for me because I know somebody who is in a relationship with a narcissist and I'm actually not allowed to talk to her anymore. Well, she's not allowed to talk to me because her partner says that he doesn't like me because I really don't like him, to be perfectly honest with you. So obviously I'm respecting their relationship and whatever, but I think that it can be helpful to hear from someone else. Like, you know, like these, this, this, and this, like this might mean that you're in a relationship with a narcissist. And if you are, what should you be doing to kind of protect yourself? So we're going to talk about that today. But first, we are going to do our customary mental health check. You know the drill. We are going to rate our mental health status from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. And today I am at a four. Uh, yesterday I had a horrible, very bad day. I was extremely stressed. I had so much stuff to do and it always feels like just insurmountable sometimes. Just like I was talking about last week and kind of the here's what's going on with me episode. Um, yeah, so I've been really stressed about getting my book ready to be sent out to agents. I did finally finish that stupid thing yesterday, and I'm so glad to just have it off my back, and it feels like a sense of accomplishment, and I'm really excited about it. I've actually sent it out a couple times already, and I will do more next week, but for the remainder of this week, I'm just finishing up my to-do list because I, I am a planner person. And my to-do list is almost done. It's Thursday, so I'm actually, I'm feeling okay about it. I'm feeling okay. I did book the trip for myself and my husband to Hawaii. We are going in about a month, and I am so, so excited. I just, like, booked our activities and stuff today. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really into it, really excited. Something weird that's been happening to me lately is I feel like, as you know, I am trying to create boundaries because I feel like I just always take on like whatever someone is telling me about. And literally every person I talk to outside of my home, like we had an electrician come out for an estimate. I talked to someone on the phone yesterday for our pool. Like I, I, I'm working with a lot of home improvement things and it's like everyone wants to tell me their life story <laughs> and like I'm fine listening, but at some point I'm just like, 
the heck is going on? You know, like, why is there something about my face that makes you want to tell me everything about yourself, like your most intimate secrets, it feels like. So I don't know what that's about. And it's a little bit draining, to be honest. I'm just, every time I speak to someone, I'm like, okay, I need to go take a nap now because I wasn't ready for all that. So yeah, (laughs) if you are an empath like me and you just kind of take stuff on, I feel you. I really do. And if you know how to get people to stop doing that without like feeling like a jerk, I would love to know. So this is your time. Just like I just checked in with y'all, it is time to check in with you. Ask yourself how you're actually doing. Go through what's really weighing on your mind and see if there's like anything that, you know, you just have to ride out or if it's something like, okay, I can fix this today by doing this. I am very much into fixing stuff. So if I can fix something today, I'm definitely going to do that. So check in with you, rate it from one to five, your girls out of four. While you are thinking about that, I will talk about our book, TV show, or movie of the week. It is summer, so you know what I'm going to say. Love Island UK is back. I love this show. This is the best TV, period, that I watch all year. All year. I'm so into it. So into it. The the drama, so real. And I highly recommend for anyone who likes shows about finding love, who likes shows like reality TV shows, I'm into all of that. So highly, highly recommend. It is on Hulu. So if you have a Hulu subscription, it's already right there. I know that the US version is starting up in a couple weeks and I'm like medium excited because the US version is never as good as the UK version in my opinion. But um, you would be mistaken if you think that I am not going to get a Peacock subscription just to watch Love Island US and then cancel it right after that. So yeah, that's my TV show of the week. Go watch some Love Island. I know Bachelorette started up again and okay, so hold on. I need to talk about this. I'm not giving this as a wreck, okay? This Bachelorette season feels like it feels really cheap because there's two Bachelorettes on the same season. I've only watched the first episode, so I can only give my thoughts on that. But there's two women and they said more, the most men we've ever had. And I'm telling my husband, like, I bet it's like 32 because usually they have 30 men. It was 32 men. It was 32 for two women. Seriously? And usually one bachelorette gets 30 men to herself. So I thought they were really gonna, you know, do something here and have 60 men, but they did not. So I don't know how I feel about that already. And the fact that like these two women are doing everything together, like the the limo meet thing, was all together and when they first started talking to guys they were just talking to them together and I'm just like is this a sister wives show like are you going to date someone together is this a polyamory show I don't know I don't think so it's on ABC bachelorette and bachelor is a historically like monogamous cisgender straight heterosexual relationship kind of show um and it's a weird vibe it's a weird vibe so if you want to watch a train wreck I think that this Bachelorette season is going to be it, but if I have an option between Love Island UK and Bachelorette, Love Island all day, all day. And by the way, if you don't know what Love Island is, it is a basically a competition dating show where they bring in new guys and girls and they couple them up and 
it is a wild time. And what I like the most is that there's an episode every single day. There's like five episodes a week. They don't record on the weekends, I believe, but they do release like an after, it's called After Sun. And it's like a talk show about what happened the previous week. And they also do an unseen bits, which is like deleted scenes, kind of. So you have an episode for every day. And I love that. I don't have to wait until, I don't have to wait seven days between each episode, which is lame. And Netflix has spoiled me. But yeah, Love Island UK all day, every day. Go check it out. And so <laughs> let's get into the topic of the week. I really want to level set and talk about what a narcissist actually is. I think that societally and culturally, we are very lazy with our language. So if someone is self-centered, we automatically say that they're a narcissist. And that is not true. Someone who is a true narcissist is someone with narcissistic personality disorder. Not to say that someone who's self-centered can't also have these traits that I'm about to talk about, but just like the textbook definition, someone who's self-centered, like someone who's just selfish, that's not necessarily a narcissist. What are some things that you should look for to know if your partner or your friend or your family member is narcissistic, is a person with narcissistic personality disorder? The classic is that everything, everything is about them. This is, it's not just like, oh, sometimes there's, no. Everything is about them. Everything that you say, everything that you do, even like weird facial expressions, everything that anyone else does is always about them. And this differs from someone who's self-centered because a lot of times people who are self-centered are not going to even see the, the negative side. But a person with narcissistic personality disorder might focus on the negative side. Like, oh, that person looked at me weird. Why would they do that? Whereas someone who is just self-centered might not even notice. Like, it's not even in their orbit that someone else would look at them weird, right? Because they're so focused on themselves and what they're doing. A narcissist is also extremely charming at first. This is something really common and something that I saw, especially with the person that I know, who is dating someone who I believe to be a narcissist. Their partner was really full on, like saying all the right things, doing all the right things. They're going on trips together. They're all their values align, extremely charming, right? And she fell in love with this person really fast, okay? And then they flipped, which is another sign of a narcissistic partner, is that they'll be so charming and then all of a sudden, they're not. And you're like, who is this person that I'm sharing a bed with? Right? I don't even recognize this person. It's like Jekyll and Hyde or the Two-Faced supervillain person. You literally don't even recognize them and the way that they're speaking to you. Because whereas at first, they're saying how beautiful you are and how lucky they are to have you and things like that. And then they're saying how ugly you are and how they put up with you and things like that. And that, that kind of dramatic switch is something that is a telltale sign of someone who is actually a narcissist. A narcissist also has no boundaries, and this is especially evident with your partner. 
So they will not have boundaries with like your personal space, with your privacy, because everything is about them and they should have that special treatment to be able to do anything they want to you to look at all your personal and private information. So a family member of mine, who I also believe was a narcissist, really had this lack of boundaries. So this person, when I was a child, took my journal and read it, read the whole kit and caboodle, and then decided to punish me for the things that I had written about. That is none of that person's business. That is my personal, private thoughts. Like, that's completely inappropriate. If there was a boundary, the boundary is somewhere in the rear view for that person because they've completely surpassed it. You know what I mean? That is a sign of a narcissistic partner, family member, friend. Now, specifically in romantic and friendship situations, and actually probably in family situations now that I think about it, is that they will isolate their partner. What I mean by this is telling you who you can and can't be friends with, telling you where you can and cannot go, telling you that you really shouldn't talk to your mother because, you know, like she's just going to try to taint your your perception and you're smarter than that and she's just talking bad about me, so why would you talk to her? That is a sign of a narcissist because if you are isolated, right, all of your attention has to go to the narcissist. There is literally nowhere else for it to go. You have no other friends. You have family, but you're not allowed to talk to them. Even your work colleagues, you can only see at work. And if your narcissistic partner finds that you are speaking about them to your coworkers, you're in trouble. So all of your energy has to go to this narcissistic partner. And that's really what they want. They want that special treatment. They want someone to just be all about them. And similarly, someone who is a narcissistic partner will disregard your feelings. So if you have a best friend that your partner does not like, you aren't allowed to speak to them full stop. Full stop. Does not matter if you try to be like, look, like we've been friends for, I don't know, like 15 years. They're my best friend. I don't want to stop talking to them. That's not an option. That is not an option. You must do what the narcissist says that you have to do. And if you do not, you run into their short temper. This is something that I've heard about a lot, right? Where someone will be dating someone who maybe they believe is a narcissist, but like hasn't been formally diagnosed. And the person will be like, they'll just be, I don't know, doing the dishes or something. And then maybe they drop a dish and it shatters on the ground. The narcissist is going to flip out, right? Is going to flip out on you because of course you did it on purpose. Of course you did it because you're mad at me. Of course you did it because you are a bad person. It couldn't have possibly been an accident. And that's something that will come into play a lot in the relationship is this short temper and that will mean that you as the person in the relationship with the narcissist is going to be walking on eggshells constantly at this point you love this person right and you're like look i i love them i want to make them feel better 
fine, I'll stop talking to my friends. Fine, I'll stop talking to my family. And then they start getting mad at you for little things. You're like, okay, well, I have to be perfect. And I have to make sure I have dinner on the table when they come home from work. And I have to make sure the house is spotless just to make them happy. And I have to give them, you know, everything they want in the bedroom because even though maybe I'm not into it, right, I have to give them all of this. And that is exactly what a narcissist wants. Now, in the off chance that something bad happens because the narcissist did something, right? Maybe you were going on a trip and they forgot to book a hotel. Somehow that is still your fault. Even though they told you, no, I got it. No, I got it. Even though they told you, no, you're not allowed to use the credit card for that. I will do it. I'm in charge of the money. Even though they said, I got it. It is your fault for having not reminded them, for having not taken it upon yourself to do it yourself, even though they said they got it. So this avoiding responsibility for anything going wrong, very common with narcissists. And finally, the thing that I think is really the most insidious part of being around a narcissist, whether it's in a relationship or a friendship or a family member, is the manipulation. And this is something that I think everyone to some degree has kind of come into contact with. And I'll talk about like three different types, okay? The first type is gaslighting. Gaslighting is when the person is going to try to make you think that your recollection of events is wrong. That you, when you're telling them like, no, that's not what happened, they're trying to make you think that you're crazy. This is something that I personally have run into in interpersonal relationships in the past where I know for a fact how something happened, right? I have actually a pretty good memory. My short-term memory, not great, okay? Like, let's be honest. But my, my memory for interpersonal interactions, very, very good. So I know how a conversation went. I know what events actually happened. I know what somebody said. So when someone is trying to tell me, no, that's not what happened. You're wrong. You're going crazy. All of this. I'm just like, hold up. And in the moment, right, looking back, I can be like, okay, that was ridiculous. It was obviously gaslighting. But in the moment, you might not really identify it as such. You might have gotten to a point, especially in this narcissistic relationship, that you're like, you know what? Maybe I am kind of losing my mind. Maybe I am completely wrong about how something happened. Maybe I need to like seek therapy or something because I am not able to remember what this person actually said to me. And that's a really hard place to be because I think as the victim of this, your sense of self kind of starts to break down. Because if you can't trust yourself, who can you trust? The only person in this particular instance that you can trust, if you believe you cannot trust yourself, is the narcissist. That's a really dangerous place to be. Because this person does not have your best interest at heart. They are not able to empathize with you. They are not able to even take your feelings into consideration, right? It's insidious and it's dangerous. Another type of manipulation is playing the victim. 
And this is kind of similar to gaslighting, in my opinion, because when you're playing the victim, it is somehow the other person's fault. So, for example, if there's an instance where someone hurts you, they say something to hurt you, they do something to hurt you, and when you confront them about it, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you did that to me. How could you have done that to me? Somehow, it's turned around to where you were not hurt. You did the hurting. And this, again, makes you doubt yourself because I, I like to think most of us are generally good, right? So, you're not really out here trying to hurt somebody. But when someone is telling you, no, you hurt me, no, you hurt me, even though you thought that you were hurt, how are you supposed to trust anything? You can't even trust yourself not to hurt someone. You can't trust your feelings because you thought you were hurt when in fact you were being malicious. You know what I mean? Another kind of manipulation is belittling. And in my opinion, this usually comes before either gaslighting or playing the victim. Because if you have been belittled to a point where you think so little of yourself, right? You think you are a trash human being. If you've been belittled to that point, it is very easy to gaslight you because you already think you suck as a person. So, of course, you're going to believe me when I tell you that you are losing your mind. You're wrong about how that happened. You actually hurt me. And belittling is something for me personally that takes the most time to overcome. And the effects of this really, at least for myself, really linger for a long time. A long time because especially if you're told these things as a child, for example, that person's voice becomes the voice that you speak to yourself in. So if you are around someone as a child who is telling you that you are a bad person, who is telling you that you are lazy, who is telling you that you will never amount to anything, those are also the things that you're going to be telling yourself as an adult because they have been ingrained in you since childhood right? So, the belittling for me, it's not as insidious. It's pretty obvious, you know, when someone's belittling you, but it is something that has the most lasting effects. And one of the final things about somebody who is a narcissist, who you might be in a friendship or a relationship with, is that there is no gray area. It's either wrong or it's right. You either hurt them or you didn't, right? And this this is tough, particularly in friendships and romantic relationships, because I don't think everything is black and white. It's not always yes or no. I, I don't really <laughs> believe in, quote unquote, absolutes. I think that it's important to talk to your partner and resolve situations. I don't think that there should be situations where you're just like, oh, they're a bad person because they did this. They can be a good person who made a mistake, right? And that's a gray area, in my opinion. But a narcissist will not see that that way. And that will affect your relationship with them. So what can you do? Like you're, you've been listening to this for the last 20 some odd minutes. And you're like, uh, Chelsea, I think that I am in a relationship with a narcissist. I think I have a narcissistic friend. I have a narcissistic family member. Don't worry. I have some some things to talk about. The first and most important thing 
I believe is to educate yourself. And you're already taking a good step by listening to this episode, right? Because I'm giving you a ton of information for how to identify this in your life, okay? And I think that once you are educated, you are able to make decisions better. If I don't know what narcissistic personality disorder is, if I don't know the symptoms, if I don't know what to watch for, if I don't know what gaslighting is, like how can I understand these concepts, right? You, you know in your gut that it's wrong, but especially if you're in this kind of relationship, knowing in your gut is not enough right? You need this outside source to tell you, look, I am confirming for you your gut feeling. You are right. Trust your gut feeling. Okay, so educate yourself as much as you possibly can. The second thing that you must do once you realize or understand that this person in your life is a narcissist is to make a choice. Whether you are going to stay in the friendship, relationship, whatever, or if you're going to leave. And both come with their own burden, right? If you stay, you are making a conscious decision to stay with that person as they are. I don't think it's appropriate to stay with someone and expect them to change. People are who they are. I think we can change a little bit. We can mature. We can learn new things. But for the most part, like our core personality is the same. So when you choose to stay, you are choosing to stay with that person throughout this. And they might not be open to treatment, right? They might not be open to, hey, babe, I think you have narcissistic personality disorder. Do you want to go see a therapist this weekend? Like, they're not going to do that <laughs> in, in all likelihood. I, obviously, I can't speak for everybody, but based on the facts, based on the symptoms of NPD, this is not something that's really easy for someone with NPD to overcome or for someone who is in a relationship with this person, you know? So staying is tough, but maybe you're with a partner who is a narcissist, but is also like, okay, so maybe, like maybe possibly I could work on th some things. I could be better and they want to change, and they want to be better, and they want to be better for the relationship. And that's great, right? Maybe they're going to do, like, really do the work, and the relationship is going to be great. If you choose to leave, know that it will not be easy. Okay, just as staying is hard, leaving is hard too. Because once a narcissist, based on my research, has you kind of in their clutches, as it were. They want you to stay there because they have put all of this energy into molding this little person that caters to what they need and what they want. Of course they want you to stay because that is good for them. Correct? Correct. So if you choose to leave, they're not going to want you to leave. So you're going to need to, which brings me to my third point, you're going to need to be prepared. You're going to need to make sure you are protected emotionally, physically, and financially. I mentioned kind of up top at the beginning of the episode that I know somebody who is in a relationship with someone who exhibits a lot of these narcissistic traits. 
and this person called me probably two months ago at this point and was talking about leaving this person and she just kind of unloaded it was like this is all the things that have been happening I haven't said anything because I've been embarrassed and like I went into fix mode I'm like cool let's get you on a plane because I like this is not acceptable this is not okay and she's like I completely agree but I need to talk to him one more time I'm like all right like you do what you need to do you're an adult um but I'm here when you're ready to book that flight she goes off and she talks to her her partner and calls me the next day and suddenly she's not leaving anymore because he broke down he started crying he said he was sorry he took responsibility for his actions and that for her was enough to choose to stay like all right like i i don't agree with your your decision but i support you i support you so a couple weeks pass and she calls me again this time the same as the first time she called me and i'm just like okay like for real we need to we need to roll out dude and she mentioned that he doesn't want her to work doesn't want her to have her own separate finances doesn't want her to have control of any money he has like he pays for their house so she doesn't have anywhere else to go because she's been cut off from her friends and family her car is all wrapped up with him as well somehow don't really remember all the details on that one so financially she's in kind of a pickle right because she's like i haven't been able to work as much because i'm trying to find a different job and he doesn't want me to do that so i've been working like part-time kind of thing i'm not able to get out of this and i'm just like look like I have a room for you to stay in like let's let's do this like let's make this happen and she's like okay okay but I have to go talk to him and I'm like okay like you're again you are an adult you do what you need to do but remember what happened last time and she's like I know I know but I just really need to you know just make the break and I'm, I'm ready to go I'm like okay calls me the next day you guessed it she's staying and we're talking it through and I'm just, I'm not going to say I'm happy for you, right? Because I'm not, but I respect that you're an adult and you can make your own choices. You know what I mean? Because my friend was not protected emotionally, was not protected financially. They felt that they could not leave, right? I flat out asked, do you think that he is going to lay a hand on you? She said, no, I don't think so. That for me is already a red flag. I don't think so is not a no. If anyone asks me, do you think that your husband is ever going to hit you? Absolutely freaking not. Never ever in my life will this man lay a hand on me. And that I believe is, it should be the only answer. So I'm not saying all of this to like rag on my friend. I have really been thinking about her a lot. And from our last conversation, we're not allowed to talk to each other anymore because she said that, you know, that's what her partner said he needs. And again, like you're an adult, you do what you need to do. I, I mean, I, I can't, I'm not your parent, 
right? But I will support you in whatever you decide. So it's not to rag on her. It's just I've been thinking about it a lot because I wish that there is something more that I could have done to support her. And I think that having all the information and knowing kind of what you can do as someone who is dating a narcissist, who is who has a narcissistic friend, who has a narcissistic family member, whatever the case may be, I think having the information is half the battle. Because if you don't know like what to do or how to handle this, then I mean, of course it's going to be hard. And of course in a, I believe to be an abusive relationship, it's not as easy as, you know, just up and leaving as I think people outside the situation feel that it is, right? I've seen this so many times throughout my life of people in abusive relationships with people who might be narcissists, might not be, and it takes several tries to leave that person if they ever leave them. So if you are in a relationship with a narcissist, like I'm, I'm not judging you, right? I am not trying to make you feel bad. I am not trying to condemn you in any way whatsoever. I want to put this out there as information and just as a broadcast of support because I do know how hard it is to be around a narcissist. I do know how hard it is to kind of pull yourself out of the clutches of said narcissist. So whether you are with someone, whether you have been with someone, and whether you've gone back to someone, I'm not judging you. I am here for you and I support you no matter what you decide to do. I just want you to have all the information that you can. On that note, we are about at the end of our time together this week. But before we wrap up, I want to kind of like run something by you, okay? I love to complain. Complaining is one of my favorite things to do. Maybe you've noticed. So what I want to do is have an episode of just rants from you guys. And to do this, I will post a link in the stories on the Instagram page. If you're not following, it's at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. I'll post a link where you can leave me a voice memo of whatever you want to rant about that day, whatever you need to complain about, things that fill you with rage, some person that really irks you today. I just think it would be a really fun episode and I am all about, you know, just full authenticity and just the truth is that we are not all having amazing days. You know what I mean? We all have something that could be just a little bit better and I think that complaining can be a bonding experience. So I would love for you to leave me a voice memo, send me a DM. I will read it whenever I do this episode and I'll play the voice memos live as well. So I think that'd be really cool. So if you want to participate, head on over to the podcast Instagram, which is at your so quiet pod again, and give it a follow. I will I update the stories almost every day. I've been kind of slacking this week just because of my own stress, but we're going to get back on that grind. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Again, it really, really helps get the word out about this show and build, you know, our little community. The Instagram is also really good for staying up to date and participating in future episodes like the complaining episode. And, you know, I have a few other ideas on the back burner that I will run by you guys when when it's time. (laughs) That is all this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Okay, 
Love you. Bye.